0: 99.5 kkla southern california live it's david james merry christmas to you friends i know that uh, getting down here from glendale uh from kkla to long beach rescue mission is where we are here in this impact segment of the four o'clock hour um traffic was i it was i haven't seen it uh this mad uh since really 20 months ago so i know that if you are on the freeways right now and the byways and uh, side streets of southern california i know what you're going through i know where you are and we want to encourage you affirm you in god's truth this christmas time by wishing you a very merry christmas and know that you will be out of that traffic uh for sure by uh by tonight about 2 p 2 a.m. okay let that be no you you'll be here's the thing we're, we're all in a place right now where Uh, In the holidays between Thanksgiving and Christmas, the hustle and bustle of that, the last 20 months with everything that's gone on around the world with the lockdown, the pandemic, and the continued propagation of fear and worry and pitting person against person. What's wonderful about where we can be right now in the space that we're in, regardless of where you are, is knowing that God has a plan and purpose for our life. Born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, we celebrate... Our Savior, the one that created the world coming in, in human form, fully God, fully man, but so dependent on his parents, lived life, paid a price we couldn't pay, defeated the gra- grave, and one day is going to return. But right now, he's at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, pleading our case. That's the hope we have. And when we're here at Long Beach Rescue Mission, when we're talking to souls like Terry Miller, the interim executive director, if you missed the first hour, go to the podcast. You're not going to want to miss what Terry had to say about the impact that the Holy Spirit, he's yearning to have in our life, wants to have in our life. We hear his calling. We take that call. But there's a choice. I have a wonderful woman by the name of Christine um, here by my side, the thrift store, Long Beach Rescue Commission, LBRM.org. You can gift Uh, any amount to lbrm.org would be greatly appreciated but don't even want you to consider that right now because I want to continue Christine's story if you missed the first part of it she was sharing with us here in the last segment of the the last hour that she had chosen to uh, just go and hang out with those older kids and mom pleaded for her family pleaded for her not to to do that but she chose you know what you don't know what you're talking about any of us have children like that any grandchildren like that maybe you were like that in the past where you just you were making those decisions and come hell or high water that was what you were going to do regardless of what anybody said well that was Christine's story and she found herself um, homeless she found herself addicted started with the the simplicity of the beer and then it went further down the harder and harder and harder she go until she found herself on meth now, remember, she is now the supervisor at Lydia House here at Long Beach Rescue Mission. So the story is going to be one of redemption. But right now, she continues a story about being in an abusive relationship, started verbally. It got uh, physical. You ended up having a, a son with this man, and you ended up back home. But you began to party once again. You began going heavy on, on substance abuse. Mom pleaded with you, pleaded with you to stop and to, to care for your son. Yet, you, even in the front yard, you said, in the garage, you were yeah. partying. Continue the story,
1: Christine. Yeah, so, and then it got to that point to where she said she couldn't handle anymore. At this time, my son was eight, so many years had passed. And I still wasn't getting it. And I just continued to be selfish and do what I wanted to do. And like I said before I knew it, Um, she... Because of my situation I wasn't able to help her with the mortgage anymore, so she had to give up her house and I wouldn't leave, even though I told her she had to evict me. It just it just turned into
0: And you were nineteen?
1: No, this time I was about twenty seven. Twenty
0: Wow, okay. Yeah. It wow. just turned
1: into six years. Before I knew it, six years had passed. They've just And partying. so it was
0: affecting so much your substance abuse and your choices that way Mm -hmm. Had affected so much, even your mother was losing the
1: house? Yep, she was losing the house. So what what happened That we had lived in for 16 years. 16 years, wow. Yeah, so... But I was so caught up in in the meth life that I didn't think twice about what was about to happen. You know, I didn't take the severity of it. And before I knew it, my mom was packing. And she told me, you better start packing because I'm leaving. Uh, You're not going to have anywhere to go. So... Even though I was all drugged up and I didn't sleep for days at a time and I, you know, I was slowly packing, but I I still wasn't taking things seriously. And my mom has a U-Haul show up packed and I mean everything gets packed and I even packed some of my stuff into the U-Haul and she said, just so you know, I'm not telling you where I'm moving. (sighs) And even then I didn't take it seriously whatever mom and uh, then one morning I woke up and everything was gone and she was gone and here I am sitting in this empty house I sat there for two days and then the new owners came in kicked me out and that's when it was real this was no longer my home I remember walking to the corner liquor store and just sitting there and looking up, like I have nowhere to go. I have a backpack and the clothes on my back and By the way, my son, at this time, of course, was safe. His dad had picked him up, and you know he he had to go live with his dad and um, I just remember sitting there that day wondering what I was going to do next and uh, I called some drug friends and they came and got me and that took me into a world I had never imagined um, The meth world is, it's, you can't even explain it unless you've been there. It's scary. You fight for your life all the time. You're on defense mode all the time. Everybody wants to fight and steal and nobody's your friend, even though they say you're a friend. Um, But the second you run out of drugs or something that they need, they're gone to the next person. And I remember jumping from house to house and it was just really bad. It just got deeper and deeper into more and more shady people you know and I had never been a part of that before and then one day this girl she says I'm gonna take you to this house and you can go and relax over there I have to go take care of some stuff and I walk into this house and I knock on this door and there's this guy and uh, he's like yeah come on in and for the first time in a long time I felt safe and it was the weirdest thing and yeah we were doing drugs together and and, uh, smoking meth together but for some reason he made me feel safe and I hadn't felt safe in a long time and uh, we just started hanging out every day and uh, I actually got him deeper into drugs because it's just like I said it was you were making these decisions to
0: continue doing all of this after all of that all of that continuing in the meth
1: losing my son Losing my job, watching my mom lose her house, I still continue to do the drugs.
0: Why do you think that is, Christine? Why did you continue to, to do that when you had lost literally everything?
1: Meth literally takes a hold of your soul. And it changes everything about you. It changes your mindset. It changes, it just changes everything. And it, it makes you somebody that you're not. And you don't care about anything else. The only thing you care about is how you're going to get high again. And that's that's what it did. It literally took my soul from me. And there was no remorse. You know, even though I, I felt a little bit of it that day I was sitting there in the parking lot. But I called my drug friends and we went and got high. Right. You know, so it lasted for maybe 20 minutes, the severity of what was happening. So at that point, I just kept using drugs to not have to feel all the mistakes I had made in the last year and a half using that drug Um, and I always swore that I wasn't gonna leave my son for that long you know I remember telling myself this as I'm getting high you know like don't be out here for too long because then he'll never because
0: he won't know you
1: my dad was a drug addict so from 12 to 22 my dad wasn't in my life because he was out getting high so I swore I was never gonna be like him and here I was doing exactly what he was doing. He left me for 12 years. So I thought in my mind, if I only leave for a year, well, I'm doing better than he did. And either way, it doesn't work like that. You were
0: just continuing. I yeah. mean, you were making those decisions. Yeah. You had seen that model for you, even though your mom, you broke her heart that right. way. Yeah. Or your son was gone. Your son was gone. You're still yep. doing meth. When was that breaking point for you? When?
1: Yeah.
0: When did it come to a... a a crushing halt where you just said this has got to stop
1: right well that guy I was telling you about who actually is now my husband um, I kept telling him this is not who I am this is not who I am and him and I ended up literally on the streets and we were sleeping behind grocery stores and I remember one day we were sleeping on pallets behind a dumpster that we had just gotten our food out of and the dump truck came by to pick up the the dumpster and when they lifted the dumpster here we were sleeping on the pallets N- didn't matter how messed up in the head i was that was and it was a breaking point for me to watch these guys look at us as the bums behind the the, dumpster, the grocery, the grocery store. store and
0: you added to me when you were sharing with me that this was a grocery store that you grew up going yep, to grew shop up
1: going to yeah I lived in San Bernardino for 22 years and to be the person on the street pushing the shopping cart dumpster diving in dumpsters between grocery stores and apartments that would evict people I mean that's where I got everything was digging through trash cans and I just that day was like that's enough I can't do this anymore And I kept telling him, I need you to take the first step. I don't know what to do. And one day him and I got in a huge fight and he disappeared. And here I was on the streets all by myself again with no man to protect me. And like I said, it's a very scary world out there. And it was just one thing after the next. It felt like was happening. And before I knew it, he called me and he said, hey, I'm going into a program. Do you want to come and say goodbye? So I get on a bus and I go to Pomona and I said, yeah, okay. Yeah, I want to say goodbye. And he goes to the Union Rescue Mission and he gets there and I end up going back out on the streets for another nine days. But he calls me and he says, um, Andy Bells and Billy were talking to him at the Union Rescue Mission and he was telling them about me. And he says, well, call this lady tanya at the long beach rescue mission and see if she can get in there so i called tanya and we had this beautiful conversation over the phone she prayed for me my son's name is devin her daughter's name was devin it was just it was just unbelievable the conversation and i told myself there's no way that this lady can be for reals she can't be this nice nobody prays for you and tells you all these (laughs) <laughs> nice things and really means yeah, them. It right. has good there's intentions. An agenda. There's, there, something there. there's something that she wants from me, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so I end up at uh the Long Beach Rescue Mission. I got dropped off on the front porch. Um I had did a sixty a day program waiting to get into the Long Beach Rescue Mission and someone from the Union Rescue Mission got me a ride all the way out here from San Bernardino. I got dropped off on the front doorstep with um, a suitcase I think I had. And I remember coming in and feeling at home. I felt peace. I didn't know what it was at the time. And I remember talking to Tanya and her telling me about God. I mean, I I knew of God, but I didn't know God. And she prayed for me, and I remember her telling me what I needed to do. And it was to surrender and give it all to God. And uh, I was missing teeth at the time. I mean, I was a mess. But she looked at me like a human being and so from that day forward I ran the best program that I could whether I wanted to do things or not I did them because I was tired of doing things my way I needed structure I needed stability and I needed to know who God was I needed to know why Tanya walked around smiling all the time (laughs) and it was because she loved the Lord so much and so I did it I read Psalms every day I read Proverbs I did, um, we used the Life Recovery Bible. I did all the step studies in there. And I just let the Lord fill me with this Holy Spirit. And I just started applying what I was reading to my everyday life. And before I knew it, at the end of my program, Tanya said, uh, We would like you to work here. <laughs> so I started out as a house manager. And then um, right after that, the gentleman I was telling you about, he had graduated before me, and and uh, we came back together after a year of separating. He grew in his life with Christ, and I grew in my life with Christ, and then we came together even stronger than we were before. How about that? Yeah, just knowing, just knowing that this is what God had in store for us. Um, we now have a six-year-old daughter, and we're married, and we have another daughter on the way. So God blessed us. He blessed us so much, but... I was not after I graduated I was able to work there and so I've been there since 2014 and it started out as a house manager then it started out as Tanya's assistant after that and I just you know she called me the executioner because anything she would ask me to do I would get <laughs> you it take done care of it. I would take care yeah. of it you know and that's that's what I was good at I I wanted people to know that walk through that door that they could be saved that they didn't have to live that life anymore. So I did everything I could to, you know, I still, obviously, I still do everything I can.
0: Well, yeah. And I mean, through a sequence of events, yeah. she ended up, uh, well, she was your mentor.
1: She was my mentor. Really? Yes. And,
0: and not just that, just on a, on a tangible level, but on a spiritual level. Absolutely. Um, where when she left the Long Beach Rescue Mission, Lydia House, you yeah. took over supervisories.
1: I took over Mm -hmm. And
0: what year was that? Uh,
1: November of last year. Last year. Just last year. So the whole
0: time frame of your story began Mm -hmm. when you were twelve years old. Yes. And here you are, uh, these years later. Yeah. Supervisor at Lydia House. Yes. Breathing life into other women and children there. I want to. We're going to talk about Lydia House in a moment, but I I want to uh, before we go to break. It's very important because there's a lot of struggle. With abuse, substance abuse, addiction. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's people right now who are addicted listening. Maybe there's parents who have children, young adults who are addicted. Mm-hmm. Meth. Fill in the blank. Encourage them. What? What would you? What would you say? What would you say? I mean, what would you say to your mom? What would you say to your mom? What would you say to your mom? You to your mom. Right. Your mom Giving you the, the love she gave you. Yeah. Just well, what first, would you say?
1: Apologize to my mom and that's all I've done the last seven years. But right. I lost her last year, so
0: God bless your mom. Yeah.
1: She never gave up. But she was able to see her daughter sober for seven years. <laughs> but
0: Speak to parents that are listening yeah. right now on that level.
1: Don't give up. But tough love is needed. Tough love is needed because if you're, if an addict is happy with you, you're enabling them. You need to be able to stand your ground in the right way. But for those suffering, turn away from it. Get help. You can't do it on your own. You People say all the time, oh, I'll stop. I'll quit doing this or I'll quit doing that. It doesn't work like that. You need the Lord in your life. You need to surrender and you need to know that there's somebody out there that cares and that will help you through this. Your parents can't help you through it if they don't understand. You know, it, it, they can love you from a distance, and that's what needs to happen while you get your life straight. But don't give up on yourself. Keep fighting and ask for help. Ask for help and turn to the Lord.
0: You know, we've only got a couple of minutes left in the segment, but I just want to say this, you know. Being able to have an opportunity to ask your mom to forgive you. I bet in that moment, even the first time you did that, and I know you said over seven years you did that, but yeah. I'm pretty convinced, and we didn't set this up firsthand, she may have been a bit skeptical, but I bet she absolutely was just so grateful and probably really broke down when you first apologized oh, yeah. to her.
1: Oh, yeah. Yes, she did. She said, I always knew you had it in you. She said, there's my daughter. Like I said, I had been gone for 18 years, so she never gave up on me, but she was skeptical. Yes. <laughs> it took about three years of sobriety for her to really open up and, and believe that I was going to be okay.
0: God bless your mom. You're listening to Christine. She is a supervisor at Lydia House. And Kay Kelly family, I, I just want to say, you know, at the end of the broadcast, we're going to pray. And I sure hope you can stay here because we want to there's so many different things to pray about. You've got issues and things you're battling. Um, You've got kids that are battling things, young adults that are battling things. But I want to hone in on one thing that both Christine just said and Terry said a little earlier. Terry Miller, the executive director and executive director of Long Beach Rescue Mission. And that is we've got to focus our eyes on becoming more like Jesus. You brought that up, Christine. You said the key pivot point for me was saying, pretty much, God, I I need you in yes. my life. I cannot do this on my own Absolutely. anymore. Mm-hmm. Thank yes. God for Andy Bales. Yes. Union Rescue Mission. Yeah. For your husband. Yes. And and him getting involved in the program and then yeah. calling you. He wanted your husband then. Right. Being able to never give up on you then either. Yeah. <laughs> never gave up on you. And now right. you have a baby and you have a, what is it, a toddler? You have a seven? Six-year-old. Six-year-old? <laughs> yep. So I want to encourage you, KKLA family, as you think about everything you've just heard. God has a plan of purpose for you. It's hard work. We can't earn our salvation. But what we do is we work towards it. And we say, look, uh, the enemy cannot have a stronghold anymore. That spiritual battle is real. And if you're in that place, as Christine just said, don't give up. Continue fighting. Continue fighting. That's what Lydia House is all about. Christina, talking about that. Long Beach Rescue Mission, Samaritan House. We're, we're talking about everything that Long Beach Rescue Mission does here in the South Bay. And it all at the bottom line is to point people to the cross and the baby that we celebrate this Christmas time. And But there takes a whole bunch. It starts with a meal. It starts with education. It starts with counseling, epic counseling. And we're going to dive more into that with Christine and Terry here in just a moment. We're at Long Beach Rescue Mission. If you'd like to gift... Again, I I encourage you, ladies, men, if you are hearing Christine talk about Lydia and and the place that they've got here, Lydia's house, the women's program uh, for children there as well, you're saying, you know what? I I hear her story, and I want to invest in not just an opportunity for someone to be spearheaded like Christine in their life, but for God to work what God does in the lives of the women and children there. LBRM.org. 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 Uh, Long Beach Rescue Mission, LBRM.org. It's David James. We are live. Long Beach Rescue Mission this afternoon. Merry Christmas to you. Southern California Live. More on 99.5 KKLA. 99.5 KKLA. Merry Christmas to you, boy. Uh, Wilbert, way to go. I'm choosing that, right? A little R&B and... Merry Christmas to you. Hey, uh, friends, David James, we are uh, here at the Long Beach Rescue Mission uh, at the thrift store. The thrift store has now closed, but we uh, invite you to come by the Long Beach Rescue Mission thrift store Especially here in the South Bay or anywhere uh, near Anaheim Street and, and do a little Christmas shopping. You know, I I mentioned the top of the broadcast of a friend Dave Drewey who that's all he it's where he gets all he's gotten beautiful leather jackets and handsome shoes and sweaters and I mean he's a he's a fine looking gentleman, if I may say so myself, and you'd think he would shop at the high end stores. No. No, he does for the thrift shopping. And remember, when you come here to Long Beach Rescue Mission Thrift Store, pretty much every penny going directly to the work that we're talking about uh, here at Long Beach Rescue Mission uh, with uh, Terry Miller, the interim executive director, and I have Christine by my side here. We're going to wrap up uh, a beautiful conversation we've been having with her. And if you missed the first segment of this hour, I highly encourage you to go to the podcast and listen to the segment with Christine especially if you're um, really struggling with substance abuse, if you have loved ones that are struggling with that, made decisions, poor, poor, poor decisions, and you've pleaded with them, go back and listen to that segment because I think it will really encourage you and give you tools in the toolbox to uh, address that and walk alongside in the tough love that it may take for those around you, and maybe you're in that place yourself. Seek help; it's it's available, and don't stop until the Holy Spirit shatters and sets free those things in your life that keep us captive. Christine, I want to just wrap up a quick little moment here with you, and thank you so much for being so transparent. I just wanna, I just wanna say that because I know sometimes it's 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 not easy to relive. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to thank you for that, for for the the absolute honesty you were in that. What I'd like to ask you now is that as you've shared how God has redeemed you. Yes. And as Terry mentioned earlier, seeking to be more holy, to be more like Christ, to be more like him. And here you are now, supervisor at Lydia House. I'm wondering, is there a particular woman right now that comes to your mind or or maybe even children there Mm -hmm. that you... beginning to see when all hope was lost there is now that breaking and shattering of those strongholds that God is impacting because we're people like us are investing in Long Beach Rescue Mission
1: oh absolutely um it there's many to think of but the one I'm gonna speak about um a year ago last September she came to our doors she had given her kids up to DCFS because of some things that were going on in her life and some accusations and just things that she had to give them up. And so she willingly turned her kids over to DCFS, joined the New Life program, and she had the attitude like me when I first got there. Didn't quite know who the Lord was, but you know what, I'm gonna do whatever it takes. And she did whatever it took. Um, She jumped through every hoop for DCFS. Um, She continued to run our program at the same time. Um, She dove into her Bible on her own and started reading and getting to know God and she just kept fighting and fighting and she's now a graduate. She just gained custody of her kids back November 1st. She's in our bridge program um, and watching her now from last year, I was walking past her today. I said, do you know, last year you sat outside and you cried at Christmas time because you didn't have your kids. And this year, and this year, they're running up and down the hallway causing trouble. (laughs) 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 They're four and two, you know, so they're, they're awesome, awesome kids. And she just looked at me and she said, you're absolutely right. But that's what it's about. It's about surrendering, doing whatever the Lord asks you to do so you can have your life back. She's been drug-free for a year. She's been out of an abusive relationship for over a year. And she has her kids with her. And it's just... That's what it's all about.
0: And if someone like us had not invested...
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: She may have become another statistic. Her her, her children, two yes, and four, may have absolutely. become other statistics.
1: Yeah. And um, God bless DCFS, but it's 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 a lot. It's a lot of work for a mother to get their child back. So that's where... We come alongside them and we tell them if they say jump, you say how high. <laughs> and we're going to do it together. And we write progress reports and we do drug testing. We do whatever it takes. And she is a true success story having her kids back. What
0: are her dreams now that you said a year ago she yeah. was on the steps just in devastation that she had lost her children. Yes. And all hopelessness there. Yeah. And here she is now thriving and growing. hmm what, what what does she has she shared with you what her yeah. long term plans are she, what she wants to to what God's loves, calling her to be
1: she loves culinary oh. she loves to cook oh, yum so she that is her dream to own a food truck and to move out of state she doesn't want to be in California much longer because it's so expensive <laughs> that's what she says and so that's what she wants to do she wants to provide the best life that she can for her kids be that role model that she can. Um, she's a very hard worker right now. She took this time off for this last month because her kids have been away from her for a year, a year and three months. So she's getting back on track and, you know, getting them used to being with her. And now they just started school on November 29th at Precious Lambs and, um, she's looking for work again in the kitchen and that's what she's going to do. And I know she will she 's so determined
0: so she wants to be an entrepreneur and have yes, her very does. own food truck yes, what she kind does. of uh, what kind of, what kind of what kind of food does she like she 's a
1: fancy food person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? yeah? Oh, yes. Like,
0: like words of, uh, of of food that you can't necessarily pronounce, like yeah, chicken exact. cordon bleu. And, exactly, yeah?
1: yes. <laughs> she makes these Brussels sprouts. And most of you think Brussels nah, sprouts, yeah, and please. who wants that, no, right? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. She makes these Brussels sprouts that are to die for. <laughs> no they kidding. have bacon, and they have all this stuff, in them, and they're just wonderful. <laughs> and she loves it. While she was in the program, her work therapy was in our kitchen. So she would cook for the clients and and feed dinner to 40 people every night, and she loved it. Tell us about that
0: kitchen. Tell us about all how that works.
1: Well, so Lydia House is different than the Samaritan House. We have a small kitchen, and if there's someone in our New Life program that is able to or wants to cook, we set them up with getting their food handler's card. So they go through that process, which the mission helps them with. Um, they take that test, and once they pass it... And that's it, work,
0: by the way. They've yeah. got to gotta earn those stripes to they get that... They have to earn tri- those stripes. Yeah, right.
1: Absolutely. And once they do that, um, the Samaritan house sends over the ingredients, and she was the one that would put them together and make a meal for the house. And so that would be her work therapy every day for four hours. And it wasn't work to her. She loved it. She loved making people smile with something as crazy as brussels sprouts (laughs) (laughs) but she she put a twist on things to where it wasn't just thrown together as a a casserole it was thrown together from love and her putting her heart into it. yeah
0: her dedication her art her passion for it
1: yes and that
0: all happened again because someone like us invested lbrm.org in the long beach rescue mission and gifted um before we let you go just one last question and that is what kind of joy does it bring you to be now a supervisory role, be talking about this young lady you're talking about, all the mm-hmm. success with her and all the success. That, and it's, a, it's work. We we're talking off mic. This is not easy work. You, right. you, constant, it's constantly redirecting, redirecting, focus, focus, focus. Uh, you've got to take, you know, clone a metaphor, you know, a bull by the horns. And you've got to work at getting better. Mm -hmm. And it's all done through the work of the Holy Spirit, of course. But what kind of joy does it bring you now to see?
1: (laughs) You can't even explain that joy. It's, it's, It's just an unexplainable joy. And it's a blessing to be able to give back and to be a part of people's journeys. Like you said, there's so much heartbreak and so much sadness that we see here working at the mission but it's somebody like Kira the girl I just spoke about that makes it all worth it
0: talk about that to someone listening right now who says "Ah, I don't know if I want to serve I don't
1: know
0: what would you say about you know just diving in and letting God oh
1: you you have to just dive in and let God use you let him make you uncomfortable let him put you in those positions that are gonna help you bless others Um, people that come to the mission need to know that there's people out there that really care there's people out there that don't have an ulterior motive in why they're helping you. I mean, we have volunteers that have been coming for the last 15, 20 years faithfully every month just to be there for our ladies and our children. And that's what it's all about. That's God's love. And that's showing that you're here to do God's work.
0: Christine, thank you seriously for taking the time to invest into uh, the souls there, the women and children there at Lydia's. Thank you for uh, your vulnerability and encouraging all of us to to say, God, you're, you're not through and I, I need you in my life. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you. I, I thank God for trusting me with this role, even though sometimes I, I question what he's doing and why he has me there. <laughs> but you know what? It's it's God is in control and it's just a beautiful place to be.
0: Take that with you. KKLA family this afternoon, Christmas time, Friday afternoon, the God. He desires a relationship with us, and when we give our lives over to him, just watch what happens. Get out of the way, let God use us, let the Holy Spirit guide and direct. And that all started, again, because of the baby we celebrate this Christmas time. It's David James, Southern California Live, LBRM.org, Long Beach Rescue Mission since 1972, impacting Long Beach and the South Bay in Jesus' name here uh, in Long Beach. With more, with Terry Miller coming up. 99.5 99.5 KKLA, Southern California Live. 99.5 KKLA, Southern California Live. Keep it going here, Wilbur. We've got uh, <laughs> Nat King Cole and the Christmas song going
2: here, Jerry. <laughs>
0: <minute>. I mean. <laughs>
2: Nat. Hey, that's the best.
0: <laughs> I mean, Seriously. <laughs> It does not get any better. No, it doesn't. That's the best. It'll last forever. Terry Miller, the Executive Director, Interim Executive Director here at Long Beach Rescue Mission. Uh, Merry Christmas to you again, by the way. And Merry Christmas. I get to say it twice on the microphone. Yeah. I'm so happy. And everybody here, uh, Southern California Live on KKLA. What? Um, before we get back into it, so Christmas for you growing up. Mm-hmm. Good family, great family, blessed family. Kind of share a little bit of your story on that.
2: Yeah, Dave, that's that's interesting that you asked that. Um, now, my first uh, six years of life, um, I didn't, uh, I don't remember anything. I didn't, I don't really know who my parents were. So it was a different life. And um, uh, I was adopted when I was about six, six and a half. And so before that, I really don't know. But my very first Christmas, uh, I actually have a, a CD of music and uh, it shows me with um, my first Christmas with my parents, my, my new parents. And I have a pair of jeans on. I'm six years old. And they're rolled up about a foot. That's how we used to do them in the old days. They thought I was going to wear them till I was 18. But that was my probably my first Christmas present. Maybe it was those. And I had a little Gene Autry guitar. Ah, I remember that Christmas.
0: <laughs> the same cowboy. You had it going. Yeah. The
2: cowboy had the whole thing. So, yeah, Christmas was real traditional in our house. Real traditional. And uh, so I grew up uh, uh, at the First Baptist Church in Rochester, Indiana. And so I, I knew Christ from an early age and uh, I fell in love with Jesus and really enjoyed, uh, just enjoyed church. I was baptized there when I was about a junior in high school and that was kind of my upbringing as I, as I began life.
0: Yeah, right on. Um, wow. And you wear your Irish uh... You know, coat with uh, with honor here. And, you know, not to hey, look. You know, it is what it is. You well, love, I've got you know, this know.
2: Notre Dame jacket on, and and it's so good that this is not television because all the SC fans would be so upset with me. <laughs> so you know, we're doing this <laughs> no, on radio. No, look,
0: but you, you grew up with <laughs>
2: Jesus in your heart. You know, there in no, Indiana. I did, I did in Indiana. I, my father was a, a farmer. Most of my f- uh, family were farmers, and my dad uh, worked at a lumber yard. Then he bought the lumber yard. So. That's the way we were. Town of about three thousand people.
0: Hardworking man. Very
2: hardworking. But Dave, only about three thousand people in our whole town, but guess how many churches? Twenty-two churches. <laughs> a flavor for everybody.
0: <laughs> speaking <laughs> of churches. Speaking of churches, this is an awesome story. Speaking of um, you really have a passion for obviously uh what you do here at Long mm-hmm. Beach Rescue Mission, of course. Impacting in Jesus' name for those who have literally no hope. Mm-hmm. And this being the first week of Advent. Right giving hope to those. Yeah. You have a mission and desire to really have a partnership with the churches here in Long Beach Mm -hmm. and South Bay. What? 400 churches. You've got this. Yeah, there's about 400 churches. Share what you really, and if if you are a church member or you're here in Long Beach or the South Bay or anywhere in Southern California, Mm -hmm. listen to what uh, Terry was sharing with me off, off the mic and what he's wanting to do with relationships Um, for the souls that are going through the programs here at Long Beach Rescue Mission And the long term spiritual development of Mm -hmm. the men and women and children. here. Right. Well, we have a lot of churches
2: in Long Beach. And, you know, uh, as I just said, a lot of flavors of churches and we don't agree with everything. I understand that we don't agree with every piece of doctrine and so on in our traditions. But what we have in common is Christ we have. And so we have hope in common. I mean, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. 11, most of our KKL listeners, they, they know that. You know, I, uh, God has a plan. He says, I know my plans for you, plans to prosper you, and not to harm you and uh, to give you a hope and a future. We have that in common in Christ. And so one of the possibilities of a dream uh, for this city would be that our churches would come together to with the Long Beach Rescue Mission to be able to help these people Uh, that are finding Christ and finding their way and need even more than even just our program because at some point they graduate. At some point they leave. And when they leave, one of the things they need more than anything else is the body of Christ because we can't do this alone, right, Dave? We weren't meant to do this alone. We're meant, uh, you know, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. It's iron sharpening iron. That's what they need. And I'm imploring to churches that perhaps during this next year, we could find a way to begin together as pastors, as church leaders, and discuss this. How can we come along beside people who graduate from programs like the Long Beach Rescue Mission and other like Christian programs and actually adopt them? for six months, whatever it may be, to bring them into the fold of a local church that they can feel like, okay, I've had a year or two of a family at the rescue mission, but now I have a family in this local church. I'm in small groups. I'm in Bible studies. I'm serving. If I'm down, they'll bring me up and I can actually help others and serve others in
0: the local church. It's important that we continue our growth in the faith. That's exactly right. I mean, look, we were talking earlier, there's a lot, it's spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's the physical element of things, but the bottom line is those principalities, powers, those things we cannot see battling for the souls. Mm -hmm. So even though, and Christine was talking about this, If you missed Christine's stories, please go back to the podcast. Listen to the first top of the hour here, maybe even uh, the final segment of the last hour to get get all of it started. But please, I implore you, listen to her story about um, how she was able to, um, through the Holy Spirit's strength, be able to conquer those demons, those strongholds, those shackles that were on her because of poor decisions. Mm -hmm. And now here she is at Lydia House, and she's the supervisor there, breathing life into the other women and children that Mm -hmm. are there. But the importance of someone leaving the programs here at Long Beach Rescue Mission Mm -hmm. and growing in faith, Mm -hmm. because spiritual warfare is real, especially for those who have had no hope. They get out. They think, mm-hmm. okay, all is well, but the enemy starts that's right, working in their mind again,
2: you know that jeremiah twenty nine eleven scripture about God has a plan for us. if you can imagine, Dave that we're back with in Jesus day, and Jesus is calling his disciples and and he says and they and somebody says uh Peter, he's one of your disciples. Well, Peter's a loudmouth man. He's a drunk. He's probably closed down every tavern in town. We know a loudmouth Peter. Jesus might say something like, "Well, he may be all that, but he's my plan." And about Matthew, well, he steals from us Jews and he skims off the top. And man, we hate his guts. We don't. We we just hate Matthew. And Jesus may say, "He may be all that, but he's my plan." We never know who God's plan is. That's the key to this, is that everyone has the potential to be God's plan. And all we have to do is come along and see how Christ wants us to help to unfold that plan for them.
0: You know, uh, I want to ask you another question after that, and bring it back full circle to those that are listening here in the KKLA family and encourage and affirm and, and really maybe challenge a little mm-hmm. bit for us to grow out of our comfort zone. But um, when it comes to a church that may be listening here in Long Beach, mm-hmm. would like to be a part of right. that process. Right. How would they reach out to you? What was, what's the best way for them yeah. to get in touch?
2: Well, if you go on uh, LBRM.org on our website, you'll see our telephone number there. And I would say call the Rescue Mission and ask to speak to Terry Miller, Pastor Terry. And I want to talk to you personally. I want it to be personal. And we are also going to—I have just begun to meet and pray with uh, a couple guys— about this and i'm inviting more and more pastors to call in talk to me and come and let's start a regular prayer time uh at least once a month and let's start praying and let's see what god has for us and watch him unfold his plan for us in this city
0: uh we're gonna we're gonna close the program with prayer but before we get to that point challenge everyone listening and by the way lbm lbrm long beach rescue mission lbrm.org uh, please gift and mm-hmm. be lavish in your giving to uh, be able to invest into uh, women, children, uh, men um, that are homeless and have literally no hope. But the return on investment, as we heard Christine's story and countless others, is that <laughs> the truth sets free. Mm-hmm. And the baby born in Bethlehem mm-hmm. that we celebrate. Mm-hmm. Defeated the grave, defeated every kind of substance abuse or anything. And if you're going through any of that yourself, know that when you start serving and you just lay it at the foot of the cross and Mm -hmm. say, God, I'm done with this. I don't need I need your Holy Spirit to guide and direct and seek help Mm -hmm. that that help will come. Um, So LBM LBRM dot org. Terry, what would you say to people that are struggling right now? Um, There's been a lot over the last 20 months, a lot of Mm -hmm. a lot of hurt. Yeah. What would you say in the spirit of Christmas time and hope, peace, joy, and love found in mm-hmm. in Jesus?
2: I think my my best advice would be to look up. To look up because people are used to at Christmas time seeing a star on a Christmas tree. They're used to seeing a star in nat- a nativity set. They're going to drive around Long Beach or, or walk around Long Beach or push the shopping carts around Long Beach, and they're going to see a nativity scene. They're going to see Jesus, they're going to see Mary. They're going to see this and they're and they're going to go, "Wow. I can't remember that from a kid. When I was a kid. What does that mean?" And I don't know who they're going to ask. I don't know who God is going to direct them to, but could I just say this? The challenge is for everyone to just remember that Jesus is the best give ever. Tell people about Jesus and God will do the rest.
0: Father in heaven, thank you for this time at Long Beach Rescue Mission. I pray for everyone on the roads tonight or listening on the app or the web or on the podcast. God, this Christmas season, may we remember hope, peace, joy, love only found in you. And as Terry just mentioned, may we share that with others around us in our journey this Christmas time and not live in that place of fear and worry, but know in confidence the hope, peace, joy, and love that we have, that you brought to us when you came to Bethlehem. And you paid that price, and you intercede for us and are coming back for us again. May we show that to a world desperately in need you, including me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Terry, thank you for joining us and being, inviting us to come to Long Beach Rescue Mission, brother. Hey, thank you, Dave. I tell you, I've,
2: I've just been so blessed. I don't have any socks on. My socks has been blessed off. <laughs>
0: that's it. Merry Christmas, everyone. Southern California Live, Friday night, 99.5 KKLA. Good night.